Welcome to episode 19 of Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I'm Logan, and I'm here with my buddy Chris over in the UK. And Chris, Scott is gone once again, but we assure you he has not quit the show. He'll be back one day. He sends me a lot of texts about Halloween Horror Nights, but he doesn't quite yet uh, have time to hop on, but he will soon. The problem is, see, we record this in the afternoon in, in, uh, in the East Coast, and that's so you... Chris can not have to stay up till two o'clock in the morning to record this. <laughs> it has been known I've had to stay up till four in the morning to record podcasts and radio shows. So, yeah. exactly, and I don't want to do that to you, so we're not going to do that to you here. But in general, we're going to cut. Co- we're going to start covering Halloween Horror Nights twenty six. And you guys have been waiting for it, so we said, "All right, sad Scott can't be with us, but let's go ahead and do it." So we're going to cover three houses today. Really dive a little deep into what it is and talk a little bit about Extended Weekend. That's right. Horror Nights has been extended. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But I know you guys have been wanting our reviews, and now it's time. If you're not wanting spoilers, I would say leave it alone. Like this, maybe the episode skipped to like the last three minutes because we're going to probably spoil everything. So let's talk three different houses. And Chris, what are we going to talk about first? Uh, let's jump in and talk about The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Now, this house was was second house announced, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's correct. It was uh, announced yeah. all the way back in, I believe, April. See, the fact that got announced in April makes me very excited. The fact that we don't have that much, many months of downtime here. <laughs> like we're gonna have like five months until like stuff starts coming back. But for now, we had The Exorcist, and Mike came on here, gave us sort of what he thought the house would look like, the rundown back like in episode six or seven, and talked a lot about The Exorcist. It was a house that we were both excited about, but what were your general thoughts on this house now that you've experienced it and had time to think on it? Oh, I've got to say, Mike definitely delivered with this house. I mean, if you think about it on paper, it's a, it's a, a film that essentially takes place in, in a girl's bedroom, and, and that's it, but... but there's right. so much more to it and he and the team obviously managed to capture the whole essence of how that film gets right under our skin and present it in a way that that made it far more interesting and that level of trepidation that and anticipation as well that you get when you we think about this film the fact that it was banned in the UK for so many years the way that um you walk in through those soundstage doors and you see this impressive facade and the iconic music is playing and you've got the dry ice, the fog, and then there's this light that sort of sort of pulls you into the house. I mean, that, that was so iconic and, and just delivered brilliantly. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it in a way that I didn't expect to um, and, and really enjoyed maybe the wrong word. I went into this with a lot of thoughts. It was honestly probably the house I looked forward to the most because I think we talked about before, we didn't know really how they were going to do it. Not only does it take place in one room, but it has to do with religion. It has to do with faith and a lot of things that are very sensitive subjects. And as someone of faith, I was a little trepidatious going in, mainly because they started to sort of hype up this and whether that was something that is um, is true or whether it's just part of the hype. Now, according to some of our friends, it happened to them or happened to their friends, that weird stuff happens in this house and, and uh, phones would just start taking pictures. And, and I don't usually get into that side of it. But going into the house, they delivered, if that was the intention, was deliver a uncomfortable vibe which I think it was. And I'm not just talking about like the vomit. Like the vomit stuff, that part is, that's one of my favorite parts because it was funny a little bit. It smelled horrible. It was, disg- I mean, it was the worst vomit smell you could imagine, overwhelming to the point where I was almost physically sick. But they, devel- they delivered on that. But the overall, like you said, the facade was beautiful. But the overall uncomfortable vibe of this house, whether that was 
uh, you know, scenes of Reagan screaming and cursing at you, or whether that was the Power of Christ scene, or your, your best friend Eileen Dietz's uh, mini cameos throughout this uh, house, like it overwhelmingly gave me this uncomfortable vibe more than any house I probably have ever experienced at Halloween Horror Nights. Like I've never had that kind of feeling where I was really kind of glad when it was done. Uh, overall, though, I think that was the intention, and they did a good job with it. And I, I definitely don't look at it as a negative. I mean, there are a couple of things I can nitpick. Like I think maybe we talked about this actually during our tour. Like this, the the spider crawl down the stairs, very blink if you miss it. Didn't really have. Well, I was hoping for a lot more from that one. But man, I don't know. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And I I don't know though if I go back and, and extended weekend is happening. They extended Halloween Horror Nights one weekend. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But I don't know if I go back if it's going to be the house that I go, yeah, that's what I'm going to do tonight. I may go ahead and skip it. And it's not because I think it's a bad house. It just gave me such a weird vibe. It's kind of like riding Mission Space. It kind of ruins your day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt I felt about it. Like It was kind of like, man, like it was it was intense. And I think we also talked about the way houses are kind of done now with, with the RIP tour, how we did them so quickly back to back that maybe there wasn't that time to like soak it in and anticipate it. It was just like, all right, now we're here. And that may have thrown me off a little bit. Any other thoughts, though, for you on The Exorcist? I mean, it was, like I said, such an iconic film, but big well, the, moments that you loved or stuff you didn't? Well, I mean, I, I get a bit nerdy on the, on the point of design, but I mean, I, I loved as you entered into the facade and you had that first corridor, and essentially it looks just like an ordinary corridor in any home, and then the actual walls are made of that scrim and the lights change, and then you, yeah. you're taken suddenly to this uh, you know, archaeological dig site i mean I, I just thought that was incredibly well done i mean really spot on because it does tie you into the i love that too. yeah it, it brings you straight into the movie which you know you and i have discussed about this quite often that's one of the things that we love essentially about halloween horror nights is having that feeling of being straight into the movie um again like you said the iconic scenes particularly the vomit scene i thought was incredibly well done i'm sure we're going to be talking about that for years to come um <laughs> i also like the fact that this house uh, took on early feedback and a lot of people did say oh it's got a lot of nice stuff in it but it's not that scary and from what i've heard they did increase the number uh, of scare actors i mean i know they increased the um pazuzu uh you know the demon uh, they 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 increased the number of them uh characters that are in in the house like the projection well in terms of actual physical scare actors oh okay gotcha. so they they had a few more of those to pop out towards the end of the um uh, a house but then had a more of a, a, a theme that once she is taken over by the actual possession that you see that character more through the house you know i, I love that i thought that was very well done i mean also you know you and i we interviewed uh, eileen Dietz, who was there on set when it was being made and she uh, spoke at length as to the technical challenges uh, that they faced when they were making that film and it, it kind of got me thinking about how many technical challenges mike and his team had because they're making a, a motion picture that uh, they can control on a soundstage and you know shoot and everything else whereas right. they've got to create those scares and those horror horrific elements every night and be consistent with their scares you know with like the you know the the walking backwards uh, down the stairs and and um uh, like the power of- yeah i think a lot of people may have even missed that moment because it was it was a because uh, it was kind of i think i don't know if like will who was in the group he told me like he didn't even see it because i think there was so much going on and that was such a little part of it mm. but 
it was a cool effect. It just was, uh, it was kind of a blink if you miss it kind of moment. It was. I think the problem with that is the logistics of having uh, an animatronic come down a staircase and then the interface of people with it. I think people were too tempted to touch it as they are uh, or do whatever, yeah. that they had to put it up between those walls to stop it from being interfered with. But it has been broken down on a lot of occasions. And maybe that's the reason why. I mean, I, I agree. I just, I think it was fun. I think it was fun. It just wasn't, it, it, I don't think I put it in my top you know, 10 houses, but it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. That's a good word. It was intriguing. It was interesting. And it was totally different than a lot of houses. Definitely. I think this was a massive challenge that they set themselves. I mean, they've always flirted with this character at the event, and this is the first time it's officially been at the event. And I think they set themselves right. a huge challenge to turn what is essentially a one-room film into a house, and I think they absolutely pulled it off. Personally, would I you know, want to see it again? Probably not. But I'm just glad they'd done it, and I'm glad they met the challenge because it was. I thought it was an excellent house. Yeah, and I think you'll probably hear from us in general that I don't think there was a house in here that would... I mean, there were some houses. There were better There was better ones than there were. There was definitely a best to worst list, and we maybe we'll do that uh, someday, but that's not really our vibe here on the show. Uh, but if you want to know our thoughts on it, that's what we want to give you. And now, if you haven't gone to Horror Nights, you just listened and had some of that spoiled, no big deal. It's, it's a haunted house. You kind of know in general what you're going to get into. But, Chris, let's say this. Maybe this could be a funny challenge. If those people that are going haven't been to Horror Nights yet and... They ha- don't have an express pass. What's the mass? The what's the maximum amount of wait time you would do to go through the Exorcist house? Oh, when is it worth turning back? When is it worth turning back and going? You know, guys, no go. I think for <laughs> me, probably my. I I think I've been spoiled with RIP tours and express passes over the years. I, so I think that. possibly ninety minutes might be my top end. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, if I couldn't wait 90 minutes now for any house because of the RIPs and the Express. <laughs> and when we heard the Express was like having 70-minute waits, I would have, especially for The Walking Dead, I would have been like, no, thank you. Not going to happen. I'd say similar, yeah, an hour would be good to wait for this. You know, it, it's a it's a fairly long house. Um, now going through it, now if you do have sort of sensitivity to some of this stuff, whether that's extreme smell or whether that's um, just in general, like just the the nature of the house, I don't think you're missing a huge bit of Horror Nights this year if for some reason you decide not to visit the Exorcist house. If it's something that is uh, important to you, you're a horror fan, and you really love the movie, then absolutely it's worth it. But if you're kind of in that in-between state, I would say that it's not a... It wasn't in my top five of this year. So th- that's up to you. I know a lot. that's probably about what you can get through without an Express Pass. If you go one night, it would probably be about five houses. So it, that would just be my thought there. Um, all right. I think we covered the Exorcist enough. I got to I got to tell you I got to tell you as well that a lot of the locals they don't call it waiting in line they call it making new friends. Okay. That's if you don't have an express pass. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's intense some of those lines. Some of those lines we saw, especially the lines that are now like inside a sound stage wrapped around us. Horror story was like that where it was just intense. Like it just looked crazy. Like, I I just at least it's air conditioned, but man, I just the line situation in general is something they have to figure out. It's something that if the majority of people don't know, they have to get an express pass or they're not really going to have a good time because to me, that is not a good time. I don't, I don't I don't, know how you experience Halloween Horror Nights and think that's an enjoyable experience, how you leave saying, I want to come back again when you're waiting in line hours for a three to seven minute experience. Tops, you know, I just 
that that's something they have to figure out, especially the Express Pass issues. But that's nothing we could talk about. It's nothing we could do about that here. But I would say if if you can go in spring, spring for the Express Pass. If you go in the spring for the RIP tour, do it. Uh, you'll see everything and and you'll enjoy it a little bit more. All right. So next house, where are we going from here? So this seems to happen whenever we talk about The Exorcist. Stuff just goes wrong. It breaks. They talked about that in the houses. But this time it's for real. I'm not even joking, guys. I literally had to switch. We usually use a different uh, way to talk. So you're going to hear that Chris sounds a little different. Because now he's on Skype. He was on like a, a, an audio source. We got you know kind of audio from his audio card and his professional mic. Now we're getting it from Skype with his good mic. He still sounds, you sound pretty good, Chris, but uh, a little bit different. But uh, let's maybe not say anything bad about The Exorcist anymore. <laughs> There were other houses. Let's talk about those while we still have a few minutes because we think we just did like 12 minutes on The Exorcist. So let's talk about what's the next house you have for us. Uh, oh, I've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in front of me. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about that. I'll let you start with your thoughts because I, I, I have some, some thoughts for this house as well. What do you think about uh, on TCM? Well, I mean, uh, Freddie on our blog, hhnunofficial.com, has just posted his review and he, he put it as his number one. Out of every single house that's there this year, he said, by far, it's the best house. Now, I wouldn't go as that, that far. I would say that this house does deliver. I mean, you do. I mean, for us, and we've spoke about this before, to feel like you're in the actual film, tick. That definitely does yeah, this. Yeah, they the nailed attention it. detail. Oh, they nailed it through and through. And the attention to detail that's in the house is really exceptional. Now, I remember the 2007 uh, version of this house although it was based on the more modern movie not the original right and that had to my mind the benefit of being outdoors which had a certain realism to it because it was sweaty it was hot and then you had the chase scene at the end with the blankets and the sheets that are all strung up so i like that element about the original house this house because it was um in one of the sprung tents i felt more um what's the word uh, claustrophobic in there i felt like it was more on you and there was more authentic uh set pieces in there did you get that vibe as well yeah i mean it did like if you want to talk about a house that makes you feel like you were in a movie this knocked it out of the park i mean even to the point of the casting of the characters and i don't mean leatherface obviously leatherface is a bunch of big guys i could be leatherface uh but for something like the hitchhiker when the hitchhiker appeared i mean it looked just like him i mean like to the point of like creepy like you, I wouldn't even know if I would have noticed in general, but when the hitchhiker appeared from Texas Chainsaw, I was it was it blew me away. I was so excited. Like it again, I don't know if it was my favorite. It definitely wasn't my favorite house, and I don't know if it necessarily was the scariest house, but it was incredibly well done. I just thought it it's, it was a a awesomely fun house. Uh, if you're gonna do Texas Chainsaw, I feel like they did it probably the best you can do, and it definitely had that vibe of. You're in the house. You're not necessarily experiencing it as much as you are watching the movie from a from inside of it. You're almost a ghost inside the house. That's kind of how it felt to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everything from, you know, the, the handmade, and it must have taken a bunch of time, you know, the handmade uh, bone uh, furniture and the stuffed animals and that, the, the you know, the grime and the dirt everywhere. I mean, it, the, the attention to detail. I mean, there was even that uh, loose tooth that was thrown in uh, near the front entrance. I mean, they really pulled out the bag for attention to detail. I like the fact as well that the leather faces were consistent because in the past, I remember houses um, such as the, the original uh, Friday the 13th house they did. They had one Jason at sort of seven feet tall and one at five foot six. <laughs> 
you know, and it kind of blew the illusion a little bit. I mean, it's very similar to what they've done with Halloween uh, with the Michael Myers characters that you do feel like you're being tormented by the same character. And you, you yes. get that with the leather faces in this house. I mean, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, I, I have nothing but positive things to say. Again, I didn't feel like this year and this is not just a and there's probably two exceptions to this. Exorcist being the creepy vibe, maybe two others that I thought were genuinely scary. It definitely, to me, wasn't a... I didn't jump ever during the Texas Chainsaw. As much as I was, you're right, looking around going, wow, this is incredible. Which is maybe just how I soak in Halloween Horror Nights now as an adult. I'm not 15 anymore. Maybe that's just what happens. Uh, there was, and this is, I'd say, if you haven't gone to the house, maybe, and you don't want any jump scares spoiled, skip forward a little bit. But uh, Will was right behind me. And you may have been near me. I think it was me and Travis. And we had gone through the house. And I turn around. And I can see there's a leather face hiding on like this, almost the second exit. Like you exit and you walk down a path. And there's another leather face there. And I just turned around and I saw leather face there. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to get it. And Will, that was his big jump. Like everyone's got one big one. That was the first, ah, that happened really of our entire night, I feel like. And it was a huge one. And it, it did it left me with a smile on my face, that house. I liked it. It wasn't overly gory. Um, I just thought it was it was well done. I, I It's probably in my top, of the nine, it's probably going to be in my top three or four. I'll have to actually go back and look at my notes. Uh, some of the only negatives, obviously you can't have running chainsaws in a house. So they're using prop chainsaws and sound effects. So the illusion isn't necessarily, and, and I don't necessarily mind that because you, you're hit with so many chainsaws throughout the evening through the roaming hordes that there is that bit of like, okay, I don't really need to be have another chainsaw thrown in my face that's extremely realistic. Uh, so it didn't, uh, it, that, that didn't really bother me, but it's something going in that was an interesting note looking at it going, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense why they can't do this. But uh, it, it maybe that's the only point of the illusion being a little off. Yeah, um, I think they had to draw a fine line between uh, the scares and the realism. Um, I mean, that scare you're on about where uh, we got Will, essentially, was yeah. that was left over from the Insidious. That was uh, one they'd done last year um, in terms of the setup for that scare. And I think that's a very, I think that's a brilliant scare. I executed really well that one. Um, but in terms, in terms of um, how the house plays out overall, I think it's quite difficult, um, particularly when you've got guys that are sort of six foot seven or whatever they are, um, lumbering around in that house. And I, I think they, they roasted the challenge, the chaps that, that were in there that did that, that did the work in there, essentially. But also, I like the fact that the um, the, scare, the uh, chainsaws weren't uh, the, the mechanical uh, ones that we're used to all the time in, this, in the scare zones. So they were actually used sound effects and triggers to make them actually more intimidating. Um, so I, I did like that effect about, about the house. Yeah, they definitely felt different than the ones in the scare zones. They it, honestly, I, I don't, I didn't really feel the intimidation factor, but I, I get where people do. I don't know, man. I think I'm just maybe it's this podcast, and maybe that's one of the sacrifices I've had to make doing this podcast. Is I usually walk through, and yeah, I do have that sort of artistic mind going. Man, this is amazing. The sets are beautiful. It's so well done. But more so this year than ever, have I felt um, not scared? I felt just impressed, incredibly impressed. But I didn't have that moment, except for maybe, and this doesn't spoil anything, maybe The Walking Dead actually is the one of the few houses in, uh, that I genuinely felt uncomfortably scared. Like, not scared like I know I'm going to cry, but like it, it had those moments 
of, of maybe just because it was so in, intense. Maybe it's intensity. I felt the scary intensity. Not this, you're just being immersed inside a movie. And I, I'd say the same for Halloween and some of these other houses. So yeah, I don't know. It just, I thought it was amazingly well done. And it's definitely one of the best set designs I've seen in one of their houses, especially on an IP house. But it wasn't necessarily the most frightening to me. That's just my opinion. All right, so we do have one more house. So we're going to touch on all the houses. We're going we're gonna to cover everything and give you our thoughts and reviews. And we'll go back and get Scott's reviews because that's what we're going to do. So we're not trying to fully spoil this as some people are still going to Horror Nights as now that's been extended that we have a couple more weeks left. But let's talk right up front. Let's talk about our next house, our first. And people love the originals. Let's talk our first original house. Lunatics Playground 3D, you won't stand a chance. I mean, the longest the, title, the icon's house, <laughs> if you like. The longest title um, in any uh, in any Halloween Horror Nights I, house in history. If it's won anything, it should win that medal. The <laughs> longest title. All right, I think, um, I think we have some differences on opinions the, in here too. So house, I'll let you go. I'll house, let you go. <laughs> now this house was was meant to have been in the Shrek Theater. I don't I don't know. I'll find out. I will find out. I'll try and find out why it was moved but it would have tied in nicely to its scare zone which is also next door to the shrek theater it got moved to the brand new location which was next to the men in black as we all know um and i I don't know if that impacted on its design i I don't know if there was um whether it impacted on on the scares the technology that's used for the 3d houses as as we've seen before is commonly used for the more comical houses um and the comical houses do get judged differently i find i mean than um the regular more scary houses but this house did have its scares i mean i must be honest it did you know there there were scares in there um overall did i enjoy the house i mean i thought <laughs> you could be I honest it was it's an open space reasonable <laughs> well I, I thought it was reasonable for a 3d house i didn't think it was the best 3d house we've ever had um, I don't think it was particularly funny if it was meant to be the comical house. Um, it wasn't hugely scary either. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it had a narrative, which was good. I mean, it was un- unlike in my opinion, Alice last year, which was a little bit of a difficult, uh, narrative to follow. If you didn't actually know what was going on, this one, you could pretty much work out what was going on, which I thought was good. And I just thought that, you know, thematically, it would have helped if it had been with its scare zone. It would have made a lot more sense. It would have tied everything together. Um, so I would say it's not the best house I've ever been through, but um, I'm glad I went through it. Yeah. All right. So I'll let you say that. Now, here's my rebuttal to that. I really enjoyed this house. And I maybe it's because people like you and some of the other people on our group was like, this house is, is on the bottom of the barrel of the houses this year. It's not our favorite. We don't like it. And I went through with really low expectations. You are absolutely right that the house should have been with the scary zone. That was honestly quite a bummer. Like I, I didn't think about it. I know we talked about it early on. Like, why'd they move it? That's weird. But until you're actually there experiencing it, it did take me out of it. It made chance of scare zone very throwaway to me. Uh, and I hate that. Like it made it just sort of there. It didn't, it didn't serve any real intention to me because it wasn't necessarily scary and it didn't have that big buildup. But the house itself, not scary. You're right. It wasn't a scary house, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I just loved it. I don't know why. Maybe it was the 3D effects. I actually disagree. And I think it is, it's probably my favorite 3D house they've done. And whether it's the revolving tunnel sequence or anything like that or the chances, maybe because I thought those chances, it sounds weird, but the chance in those houses had a little bit more a connection to 
the advertising chance, like through Aaron and, and just the way that they promoted chance and that storyline, it felt a little closer to that than what we'd seen throughout the rest of the park. I don't know. I had the exact opposite. I loved the house and I loved the, you know, we didn't see much of the queue, but I know I saw some of that video that was really well done and funny. And it, I liked that it left us off, you know, right at the end of last year. And I thought it was really well done. I thought Aaron did a great job. And then we see uh, Chance in all of her glory, I feel like, through that house, but with the 3D effects. And I've heard through other people that it's better to go through without the 3D, but I wasn't going to do that. I wanted to see it how it was intended to be seen. And I'm kind of a sucker for 3D. Everyone kind of who knows me knows that. Like, if a movie's in 3D, I'm probably going to go see it in 3D unless I'm, like, with my kid. Even now, he'll go see them. Uh, I'm kind of a sucker for for those kind of gimmicks. And uh, I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. I have no, I have no way to say it. The music, I love the fact that they were, you know, we made... Six months ago, whenever it was, they announced Chance. I played the ABBA song at the end, the Take a Chance on Me. And they were, when I was walking in, they were playing that, a rock version of that. And part of me was like, hey, well, we got it right. Like, we knew what they were going to do. It made me kind of proud of, uh, of our little show here. Man, I, I, I really have nothing negative to say about that house. It, it kind of took me back to some of the ones that were... You're right. It wasn't necessarily funny. I like they brought back some of the big giant baby heads, though, in there. Which, as we all know... Yeah. That's my favorite house was the big giant baby head bodybuilders. I don't even know what the house is called, like dollhouse. I don't care. It's my favorite one because all I, I just it was a great memory of giant ba- baby head uh, bodybuilders. So it, it brought me some of that joy back. And uh, I'm not going to have anything negative to say about it just because do I think it was incredibly scary? No. Do I think it was intended to be incredibly scary? No. My negative is your negative, which is the location made no sense. And um, it, honestly, the way the, the houses were set up this year, because of so much construction, it did kind of... Um, it, it did kind of devalue them a little bit. I don't know. It just didn't It didn't feel the same. And maybe that's because we were on the RIP tour. And I'm hoping to go back for extended weekend. But, man, I don't know. It was rock and roll. It was fun. I like Chance. Um, Do I think they could have done more with Chance this year? Absolutely. But I thought the house was a really good representation of that character. I'll leave it at that because I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to drone on about how I'm right and you're wrong. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's just... But how- I, I- I do think it goes back to a wider problem. I mean, it's the same with the commercial. She only appears, you know, fleetingly right at the very end of right. the commercial. And it doesn't really, she doesn't tie in as much as she should do. I mean, they, they threw a lot of money last year behind Jack, you know, and rightly so. I do feel that they could have, I mean, she didn't really have her own proper stage show either. She had that sort of mini stage show. And I think that perhaps from the Orlando's point of view, that the powers above perhaps are not really on board with the icon idea, which I think, you know, that's just my opinion. I, I think that's a yeah. shame because obviously Hollywood doesn't really bother so much with an icon and never really has. They just they have, have so much history at that studio, at the Hollywood one, that you kind of, they can kind of get away with it. Like if there's a, if I can go get my picture with Norman Bates at the Psycho House, like, all right, do I really need Chance? No. Um, but I, uh, I, I know what you mean. They definitely... Compared to Jack, it wasn't even close. Compared to Lady no. Luck, it didn't even know. Maybe Lady Luck. Lady Luck was probably the one that they they did least less than chance. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like a weird like side scare zone that no one went in. Um, but I am drinking out of a twenty one cup, so I can't say anything. Um, <laughs> other than that was my least favorite icon ever. My point is, I do feel that perhaps the house lacked somewhat, just because there seems to be this overall idea of the icon not mattering as much as perhaps it used to back in the old days yeah i would have rather had chance be in in the one year i went i think it was 2001 or one of the jack years they had just jack roaming and jack would come up with the when and just do bits and um it was 
it, I don't even I think Jack had a house, but that really wasn't important to the icon. The icon was the host of the event, and I definitely yeah. didn't get that vibe from Chance. And I don't get that vibe from a lot of them. I'd say that really those original Roddy characters, whether it was Chance or not Chance, whether it was well Chance the Roddy character, but whether it was Jack or the caretaker or the director or the usher, those really did feel like the host of the event. That really did all tie in. It it, it sounded a little weird when they were like Chance. Tell us the the scariest house, and she's like the Walking Dead, and like that. Or she didn't say that, but you know, when when she starts mentioning these intellectual properties, but the whole storyline supposed to be happening in her in her own head, uh, it kind of got disjointed. And I see what you mean there, um, and and I do think they could have done a lot more with Chance. I mean, that's just me kind of armchair uh, quarterbacking this and saying, yeah, I, I love it, but I understand that the people who make that decision aren't necessarily the creative team on how they can utilize it, and you know, Chance on just the visual of her, the non-tortured version of her, doesn't come off inherently frightening. She comes off kind of cute and a little weird, but not not terrifying. She doesn't have the Jack teeth. You know, she doesn't have that sort of <laughs> overall, like, Jack is, is hilarious, but he's also terrifying. Like, he has that evil in him. You don't really feel that with Chance. You just feel like, oh, you know, she's... She... Uh, is very pretty, and then she's not as pretty, but still very pretty, <laughs> you know, and she's yeah. still kind of well done. I don't know, maybe that's why, maybe they just didn't evil her up enough uh, for marketing sake and for really being this sort of horror host. I hope they, this isn't the end of the character. I'd like to see them give, not next year, but give Chance a chance one more time. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean. Uh, take a chance on Chance. Take a chance on Chance to do it again and kind of uh, give her her proper due. Even felt like that in the merchandising. Like she obviously was all over the merch, but not real. Like she was scarier on the merch, and than she was in the parks and now and on marketing. It was a little weird. Yeah, I, I found that as well. I think as well a lot of what you're saying is true, and it also goes to a, a wider point as well. The the fact that the event is getting so popular now, and is getting such a huge footfall through the gates. The old days of of Jack, you know, roaming around and saying hello and having your photo opportunities everywhere with him. I, th- I think a lot of that's been scaled back in recent years just because of the sheer footfall. True. I mean, if, if you take, uh, for example, um, some of the scare zones, like Chance's actual scare zone at the front of the park, there's just floods of people flowing into the park that it's very difficult to actually perform any scares. Yeah, scare zones in general. I, lo- I mean, it's, it's our namesake here, folks. I love scare zones, and it just it did. They didn't work for me this year. Like they just they. I thought some of them well done. I thought uh, Dead Man's Wharf and a few of them were really cool, but they weren't scary and they weren't. Um, I don't know the right word. I think you're right, but it's mainly due to the fact that there is so many people, and so much so that yeah, Horror Nights got canceled. Maybe this is a good segue. It got canceled for two nights because of Hurricane Matthew, and now we are seeing. Uh, Horror Nights be extended. And I'm not sure if this is common, if this has happened in the past, but we're seeing Horror Nights extended throughout. Now, it's supposed to end on Halloween. Now we have an extra weekend. What do people need to know, Chris, about this? And we've been hearing about it for a while. I kind of made a joke about it. It was the Krampus of of rumors. It's like everyone knew it was happening. Everyone knew they were going to extend it, but like they didn't announce it until a week before. Um, you know, this is another one of those things where Universal, the fans got ahead of it, mainly because when you're asking probably... 5,000 people if they can work an extra yeah. couple days it's going to get out uh, that's literally how the rumor got out right yeah. just because people are like oh I gotta I, I can't make it I gotta work horror nights um, so it got out that way but what do people need to know about this extended weekend anything different I know some of the passes work right some of the per- passes do work uh, the frequent fear pass will be valid for November 4th only 
if you've got the more expensive Frequent Fear Plus Pass, that works on the 4th and the 5th. Uh, individual tickets for the 4th are $59.99, and the 5th is $66.99. These are all plus tax, by the way. Yeah, not too bad. Um, not too bad. I think they're pretty reasonable, really, yeah. when you compare it to the rest of the, of the event. Um, Express is available for both nights, 69 and 79, respectively. And, of course, they're going to be running the RIP tours. So if you want to get one, they're very reasonable. It's 349 99 so yeah i'm uh, i'm tempted man i uh my my family my dad is supposed to be in tampa that weekend and i'm like man can i just hop on down and and drive over to horror nights for the day and go see the last night because i would love to be there for the last night um and 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 actually i've only been there for last night once ever in my 20 years of fandom or 15 years of fandom i would love to be there if i am there i will let you know how it was if things felt different or changed because look i mean the big problem was getting enough staff and i think they were able to do that or get make sure the actors and bill and ted could either come or their alternates could come you know a lot of stuff like that because they didn't want to run like a half event and it seems like everything is fully operational though for the event like they haven't there's nothing that's not going to happen right is academy of villains running I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard anything being cancelled. I've heard that there's, you know, they're not going to be a hundred percent. I believe on staff numbers, but right. they're going to be sort of ninety-five, ninety-nine percent. Um, and the other great thing, if you're going to go on the last two nights uh, of Halloween Horror Nights, full stop, it's usually the quietest. But yeah. when you add on two extra nights that nobody's planned for, and looking at some of my research that I did ages ago about what events and things were on that may take people to other uh, locations. There's other stuff going on. So for me, I reckon, you know, I'll, I'll put my hand up to this now. I think these two nights are going to be massively quiet. Well, I hope so, because I hope to be able to go. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if I'll be able to, but if I can swing it, I'm going to go. I want to report on it for the show. And honestly, though an RIP tour is available, and I'll certainly buy Express, I want to take it at my own pace. I want to see the Halloween Horror Nights 26, how I usually see it. And then maybe I can yeah. have a different mindset going in because I, the RIP tour gave me such a different experience, positives and negatives. Uh, even the the uh, going backstage for a giant walk and skipping half the park to to get back to an area, cool, and uh, but not necessarily. I don't know, maybe it took me out of the environment a little too much. So I, I hope to have some changes there. But I'll, I'll let you guys know if I decide to go, and I'm sure. Um, a lot of our listeners will be there because a lot of you guys have those passes or locals and want to be there for the end, want to see the grand finale Bill and Ted show uh, that always runs long and is always a, a lot of fun. So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll definitely report on it even if we don't get to go. Uh, you and I uh, are old enough and ugly enough to remember Halloween Horror Nights hey. when, it was, when it was quiet. Oh yeah! Nights. Oh yeah! It was great. So if you want to, you know, if you want to reminisce or you want to see how old Halloween Horror Nights, retro Halloween Horror Nights, used to be. Probably go on the fourth and the fifth because you know if it's quiet, then you're going to have a really good time, particularly in the scare zones. Yeah, a man and I went. I remember. I think it was. I can't tell you what year it was, but we went on. It was probably a good seven or eight years ago, maybe a little longer. Uh, and we went on October thirtieth. There was no one there, and it was. Yeah. And when I mean there was no one there, I had Express Pass and I shouldn't have. Like it was worthless because it was. It, it, there was a year it was the, there was a psycho house I believe I forget what year it was and we're talking five minute waits for houses five minutes yeah. like all night not like at the end of the night or the beginning all night it was incredible and we had like, I think we did the whole event in you know a couple of hours and just that was great we got to enjoy the scare zones enjoy a nice dinner enjoy the shows you know it was it was a lot of fun so I miss those days hopefully we can rekindle some of that here and maybe they could figure out a way to do it man maybe maybe they needed. 
I don't want him to charge more because no everyone's going to complain, but maybe charge more and sell out, you know, opposed to this. Well, if someone else wants to take an RIP tour, let's book it. If, if someone, you know, does another Express Pass, let's sell another thousand. There has to be some sort of control of this or it's going to become miserable for people. And you're going to see people seeking out other options. Sort of how Disney fans ended up becoming a lot of them transfer became universal fans because Disney became out of control. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, someone said to me the other day, what's the only thing that's guaranteed for HHN 27? I said, probably ticket price increases. Yeah. I can't, you know, it's just the way it is. So when do you start getting your 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 rumor mill? I know it's already going for 27, but when does stuff really start happening? When are we going to start talking about this, uh, start talking about next October or next September? Well, last year, um, for rumors that were solid, didn't really start until the new year i'll be honest it wasn't until sort of february i think it was All right, so we got like end, 12 weeks. End, of, end of feb was when we were told about uh krampus right i remember that well let's so. uh let's keep this conversation going chris and i think we covered those houses if you guys have your feedback let us know i did want to say we're gonna have this guy on the podcast at some point there's a fan film series that called dare to chance and he did one last year on jack um I'll put a link to it in our in our show notes. You can click the screen right now. It'll take you to the YouTube page, and I'll put it in our on our website on ScareZone. But the first of the last episode, now it's really fun to watch. If you're a Horror Nights fan, you're going to really like it because it's really fun to watch. But the first minute or two of the last episode, I won't spoil it, but let's just say there's some familiar voice, a familiar voice you may know of that maybe, speaking, that, that maybe shows up. Um, and it was awesome. I was so happy he did it because it just shows how much you guys care about what we do here on, on scare zone. The, the fact that there's a little scare zone Easter egg for you listeners on this, this fan film series, uh, means a lot to me as someone who's been doing this show and producing the show and having a blast doing it. Uh, it was awesome to see a lot of you guys out in person. I'll let you know if I'm going to be there, uh, though I'd like to take it at my own pace. I will let you guys know if I'm going to be there for extended weekend and hope to see a lot of you guys there. Cause man, it's just been awesome. Thank you for an amazing Halloween season. And the next time we talk to you, Halloween will have passed. And we'll be on to probably the next episode. We're going to cover the next houses. So let, let's just do this. Since the next episode, we'll probably be leading up until extended weekend. Um, and people have already made their minds. And most people have already gone. Let's just say if they haven't gone yet, top three houses. I'm going to put you on the spot. Or I can do it first. And then I'll put you on the spot after that. Top three houses you feel like are must-sees at Halloween Horror Nights 26. You need a second? Or do you want me to – or do you, you got them in your head? <laughs> oh, God. I need a second. Okay. So for me – Number one, Ghost Town. Without a doubt, Ghost Town, I think, was amazing. It was by far my favorite house. Not the scariest, but very cool. Surprisingly, I'm not going to put this in number two, but I'm not sure if I have number two and three in order. Um, uh, American Horror Story. Awesome. I'm not a fan of the show. Not like not a fan of the show. I just don't watch it. But I thought the set designs in that were beautiful. Like I just loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, If you're looking for a good scare, The Walking Dead house, I think, was probably, to me, the most uncomfortable house. And... um, I won't maybe put that in my top three, but something that I would not have waited an hour and a half for it. That's for sure. A lot of people are seeing those lines, even for Express. So maybe I'd put as my third. I'm not going to put Chance because I don't want to make everyone mad. Uh, let's throw in there maybe maybe two, maybe uh, Halloween 2. Halloween 2 I really I really enjoyed. And Tomb of the Agents. I just named all of them. So enjoy your night. Uh, Chris, have you have you come up with the top three? A must-dos? You're I've like, got... Okay, okay. I, I, the problem I have with that, I'll be very, very quick, is just... I think consistency this year has been very, very good. Agreed. It's not It's not like some years where there's been like some really bad stonkers of houses and you can say, oh, yeah, don't forget about them. This year, I mean, really and truly, every single house has got really good merits to go and see. 
I mean, none are terrible. And I think that's a real testament to, um, you know, Universal overall. Um, but I'll stop waffling. Uh, um, <laughs> Ghost Town is a definite. I think you cannot miss that house. Um, I think you cannot miss The Exorcist. I think you need to see that house because I think in terms of what they were working with and what they actually sure. presented is excellent. Um, and in terms of the third one, I mean, it really would be a very close call between American Horror Story uh, or uh, Halloween 2. I mean, both of those are phenomenal, in my opinion. So there you go. I think I think we all can agree on at least The Exorcist is the one that kind of goes either way. But Ghost Town, amazing. Horror Story Halloween 2 are both top notch. Again, I'm not a horror story watcher, and I was blown away by the design of that house. Like, I, I mean... Not to spoil, we'll get into it in the next episode, but like the moment when you walk in to the like carnival sequence, just like the carnival car, it was just, it was awesome. I just loved it. All right. Well, I think it's going to do it for today's show. Thank you, Chris, for coming in again and, and, and spreading your knowledge and your wisdom with all of our <laughs> faithful, we got to come up with a name for them, all of our faithful scare zoners who listen each and every time we put out a new episode, which is usually weekly, but this time was a little bit delayed. We tried to get everyone on. Still didn't happen, but we did this for you. As we move towards the new year, you're probably going to see shows start going back to every two weeks as it was earlier, Just, but, but not for a little while, just purely so we don't burn a bunch of time <laughs> and, and burn a bunch of content. We, we, and we have episodes where Chris and I just go, anything going on? No. All right. Uh, uh, Chris, your book, both books are out right now. You can get them on the website. I have the Horror Nights book in front of me right now. So for the people, if anyone's watching this on our test video, uh, there it is. It looks beautiful. It's uh, a complete survivor's guide to Halloween Horror Nights. And also your new book, which I've been digging into actually this week leading up to Halloween, um, which the title is Origins, Universal Monster Origins. What is it? Universal Monsters Origins. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Uh, you can find that on our website at scarezone.com. You can also just get it through Amazon, but it's really easy. You go to website, scarezone.com. You click a little button. It takes you right there. Shirts are available still. I know we're getting close to the Halloween season being over, but hey, who's saying that you can't wear a Scarezone shirt outside of Halloween? You can wear it anytime. We, that was actually one of the ideas when we came with the design. I said I want a design that people could actually wear more than just one month a year. So check a look. helps us out a lot if you pick up a shirt. Bill and Ted 25 merchandise still available. You can join my Facebook group, and if you do that, you can get one of these very special Tom Bancroft Disney animator Jack prints that he did that are awesome. You need to take a look at them. Even if you don't decide to buy one, they're just cool to look at. And you can find that uh, Roddy has one, James Keaton has one, and a few listeners have already picked up theirs. And I'll get them out in the mail to you guys. Uh, we're trying out video. Let us know what you think. Not just about the video. If you're seeing this awesome, I don't think you will. What do you think about the idea of, of seeing ScareZone each and every week? Seeing me and Chris and Scott when he can, when he can be here. Uh, and, and being able to talk to you guys on a little bit different level. I'm curious your thoughts. Maybe something we throw as a subscription to help pay for this show and help uh, be part of what we do here at Laughagram Studios. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Any final words, Chris, before we sign off? Um, check out Joshua's video. I, yes. I literally said to you, didn't I, Logan? I literally said to you, is this an official Universal video? True. Was I, that good? I didn't sell that well enough. Um, it looks awesome. Like it looks like a a really well done fan film. It doesn't look like something that like I recorded on my iPhone. Like you spent a lot of time on it. There's multiple chapters. I think there's 17 chapters. Five of them are video. Wow. And five of them are video, and then there's audio chapters that kind of tell the story in between. I've watched most of them. Um, but if you want to just see us, you can skip to the end and start over. But I'm sure Josh wouldn't want us to say that. But it was pretty cool. I'm just saying. I, I was. I, I, it gave me a smile on my face. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back very soon with the rest of our reviews of Horror Nights 26. And as always, keep your eyes closed and your ears open, and we'll see you at Finnegan's. Visit our website, scarefully.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com.
slash schedule and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash podcast and remember to rate and review us on iTunes. This has been a production of Lavo Brown Studios. Copyright 2016.